0: Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hoag, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hoag, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. And this is the Effortless English Show, the show that teaches you to speak English powerfully. I was standing with my knees bent in a deep stance called a horse stance. My legs were shaking. Pain shot up through my thigh muscles, the top of my legs, up into my hips and into my lower back. I was pouring sweat. Sweat was beating up on my forehead and running down my neck. My karate uniform was already wet in the back and the chest from the sweat coming off of my body. I looked down at my legs, looking at them shake. Vibrating. It was. It was strange. Almost like they were completely uncontrolled. I couldn't stop the shaking. It's like they had their own brain, their own mind. And my legs were quite thin, actually, because at that time I was only thirteen years old. And I, I, I grit my teeth, you know, clenched my jaw, tightened my and my jaw and just told myself mentally silently to keep going keep going don't stand up in front of the class the instructor walked back and forth looking at us there were probably 15 students with me all around my age 13, 14 years old. All of us had our knees bent. We looked like we were riding a horse. In fact, it was called a horse stance. So when you, you squat down, you bend your knees, actually more than 45 degrees, almost 90 degrees, like you're squatting down. Looks like you're riding a horse, except there's no horse. There's nothing supporting you, only your own leg muscles. The instructor looked at us, all of us struggling, all of us with our legs shaking. And he calmly said, reverse punches. Ichi. Ni. San. Counting in Japanese. One, two, three. I'll count in English, since this is an English show. (laughs) With each count, we punched, we used all the power in our hips. We tried to use our our exhausted legs to pop our punches out. Punch. Staying in that deep stance. The instructor calmly walked around. As he came behind me, he tapped my leg a little with his hand and he said, AJ, lower. Lower. And then, he just moved on. And I, already exhausted, my legs shaking uncontrollably, (sighs) I willed myself, I used all of my self-discipline to lower myself a little deeper, another inch, into this stance. And my muscles screamed with pain and exhaustion. And he just kept counting. Four. Five six seven and each time he passed someone he made a little comment to one of the students more power from your hips more snap with your punch deeper stance deeper stance all of us were sweating it was a hot day and we're inside this oven of a room with no air conditioning And the teacher, Sensei Porto, we called him. Sensei is the word for teacher in Japanese. And his last name was Porta. He was a middle-aged man. In fact, when I think about it, he was probably about my age right now. Thin guy. Super calm. In the three or so years I studied with Sensei Porta, I guess it was about two and a half years. I don't think I ever heard him shout, never, he never shouted at anybody and in fact, I don't think I even ever heard him really raise his voice you know, he kind of had a commanding voice when he wanted to you know, deeper stance, one, two a little bit loud, but he never yelled, there was never any anger in his voice, he was always perfectly calm, (laughs) it was amazing (laughs) never seen anybody so calm He continued counting eight, ten, eleven. 10, 11. With each count, we continued punching and, and we're all, we're all dying at this point because this is just almost like a torture. This just keeps going on and on. Eventually I look over, I see out of the corner of my right eye, one of the students stood up, couldn't take it anymore. Needed to rest his legs. Sensei Porta never yelled. He didn't say anything. Just looked at him. Kind of stared at him for a second. And the student saw that the teacher was looking at him. Took a breath. And lowered himself back down into the stance again. On and on it went. And all of his... Lasted longer than we ever imagined we could. I mean, after all, we were just kids at this point, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old kids. And somehow, without yelling, without screaming, with without scaring us, using any kind of fear, he managed to push us to our limit. Or perhaps I should I should eh, perhaps I should say, He managed to get us to push ourselves to our limit. The reason I'm talking about Sensei Porter right now is that uh, last week on Twitter and Facebook, I asked for suggestions for today's show, for a topic. I couldn't think of a topic I wanted to talk about. So I asked for suggestions. There were many, many good suggestions. But one of them caught my eye, caught my attention, and it was from someone on Facebook that said, AJ, talk about one of your teachers that inspired you, maybe when you were younger. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And sadly, I couldn't really think of any teachers from school that truly inspired me. Not really. And so I was about to ignore that suggestion and look at some of the other ones and try something else. And then I remembered Sensei Porta and I remembered this moment especially. We'll come back to Sensei Porta in a minute. Let me go to Twitter, in fact, and answer a few questions. And when I come back, I'll talk about how you can find the best teacher the best coach for you what should you look for when you look for a school I know you're using effortless English and that's great hopefully you like my lessons you like my style but I know also that many people in the audience many listeners many members would like to actually have a face-to-face teacher go to a school so I'll talk about how Sensei Porta and his example can help you find the very best teachers in life, not just with English, but in all areas of life, whenever you're looking for a teacher or a school. But first, Twitter. All right, our first Twitter question comes from Xu CTP, And she asks, what specific steps do I need to follow? Uh, she's a teacher to help teach my students with the effortless English method. That's a very complicated and kind of uh, long answer. One second, let me a little water. Excuse me. In fact, I did a a full teacher training course a couple years ago. And it it was, uh, I think it was about two months long. So, to really train a teacher, it it requires a good amount of time. So, I can't give you a full, deep answer to this question, but I can give you a few suggestions, quick suggestions. And basically, what you'll see me do if you ever watch a video of mine from one of my seminars. First thing I do is I create a story, a mini story. A simple, funny, little story. The story should always be easy for the students. So you have to know your own students to know what's easy for them. Then I identify maybe a couple words or phrases or grammar or something that might be a little difficult for them, that might be new for them. I teach them those new phrases with actions, with gestures, with actions. And repeat and repeat and repeat until they completely know the new phrases. After that, then I use the mini-story technique. If you have my courses, if you have my lessons, then you know what that is. I tell a story, asking lots of questions. And so they get even more repetition of those target new phrases. And, you know, uh, to tell a story, maybe it takes me 30 minutes. depends, sometimes longer, sometimes a little shorter. And then finally, I would tell the same story again using a different point of view, changing the grammar. So if if the original version of the story was in the past, then I might tell it again in the present and in the future, something like that. Those are the basic steps. Repeat every day. That's my fastest teacher training that I can give you. (laughs) All right. Okay, uh, let's see. I don't understand, but my question is, should I do... Okay, this is a common question. Uh, Noon Creative says, I listened to lesson one and understood the mini story, but my question is, what should I do in order to go to lesson number two? So this is a common question I get from a lot of members who have my courses, who have my lessons. And they want to know when should they go to the next one. So there's not a strict tough rule about this, but I have some general suggestions, general guidelines. First of all, always, always, always repeat the audios or videos in a lesson at least seven days in a row. Seven is the minimum. So you have lesson one, it has several audios. So day one, you listen to all of the audios. Even if you understand everything, Even if they all seem easy, it doesn't matter. On day two, you repeat them again. On day three, you repeat the same ones again. Day four, day five, day six, and day seven. Repeating every single lesson at least seven times before you move to the next one. Now, you might go longer. You might repeat more. Seven is the minimum. Many of our very best members the ones that get the best results repeat more 10 days in a row or more 14 days even perhaps even longer so even if it feels easy to you you might repeat more just to learn more deeply that's very helpful it's powerful the other reason you would go longer would be if the lesson still felt difficult to you if after seven days of repetition You still felt like there were some parts you didn't automatically understand quickly. It still seemed a little fast, something like that. Then repeat, keep going. Do eight days, nine days, 10 days, 14 days, 20 days. There's no upper limit. The only upper limit is if you really, really start getting completely sick of the lesson and getting bored, then you could go to the next one. And then you could even still come back and review that first one again at a later time. So that's my best suggestion for when you go forward. At least seven days, more is even better. All right, back to Sensei Porta, my inspiring teacher from my youth. So another reason I I thought of talking about Sensei Porta was that uh, last week I talked about the movie Whiplash. Interesting movie. It's got... uh, sort of the opposite of Sensei Porta (laughs) in that movie, a drumming teacher, a music teacher, who was just super tough and and horrible and really negative and mean and cruel. And I think a lot of people watch that movie and, well, some people watch that movie and think that guy's terrible. Thank God I don't have a teacher like that. But I I know some people watch that movie and they think, maybe if I had a teacher like the guy in Whiplash, someone who was mean and push me, maybe I would get better results. Maybe that's true, but in my life, after observing many, many, many teachers, after being a teacher myself for oh, god, so many years, 15, almost 20 years maybe, I don't think so. I don't think the whiplash type of teacher, that kind of army style of yelling at students and making them afraid and trying to find their weaknesses, and trying to break them. It's not the best method of teaching or coaching. In fact, that method only works, I think, in one situation, and that is a military type of situation. And in that kind of situation, what is the teacher trying to do? The teacher's trying to get rid of the weak people, and only to find the very, very strongest That's the whiplash style. That's the military style of teaching. Get rid of everybody except the very top, the toughest and the strongest. That's not very useful for most people. It's not actually very effective for most situations either. You want to find a great coach. Let's just imagine you want to learn how to play music, play the guitar. I think the Sensei Porta style of, t- of coaching is the most effective. See, the thing is, that man was able to push a bunch of 13-year-old boys to their limit. He made us find our own self-discipline to keep going. Why did we do it? Because we wanted to please him. Because we respected him so much. He was such a calm guy. But he was always very respectful to us. Like I said, he never yelled at us. He never insulted anybody. Because he was so respectful. Because he was so confident. We admired him. We wanted to be like him. And we also felt that he cared deeply about us. We could tell. Now, Sensei Porte, he didn't give many compliments. Almost never. He didn't insult us, but he also didn't compliment us much. He wasn't always saying, good job, good job, good job. Not his style. But here's the thing. Because he almost never did it, when he did, it really meant a lot. If he said, good job, good punch, good kick, something like that, You you got really excited. You tried not to show it, but you know, you always would feel inside like a little, your heart would beat a little faster, you know, a little smile would get on your face. Oh, he said, he said I was good today. That's great. I think those are the best kinds of teachers and coaches, the ones you love, the ones you want to impress because you respect them so much and you love them so much and you feel that they respect you. They're the ones that get the most from you. they are different kinds. You know, some of them do say good job. They, they praise more. They compliment more. Others, like since they poured in, not so much. But there's always, at heart, a deep respect that you feel for them. and you And you know that they also feel it for you. They show it. So how does this help you? Well, let's say you're looking for a conversation partner. Something as simple as a partner to practice your English with. Yeah, it's someone you want to meet with online or in person and just chat with. Just practice speaking English just for fun. So There are lots of opportunities, lots of people you could find that do this. You could go to a website like italki.com where they have lots of conversation partners in many different languages. And you're going to find lots and lots of people there who speak English, who are native English speakers, and you can pay them to chat with you. Or I think you can sometimes even do an exchange, so you don't have to pay money. You talk to them in your language if they want to learn your language, and vice versa. So anyway, it's very important the kind of person that you choose for this situation. Very important. I mean, in, the, in the, the worst possible situation, I think, you might find get somebody like the whiplash guy who's going to correct every single mistake you make, who's going to make you feel terrible and stupid and embarrassed. That would be the worst situation. Unlikely, I think. <laughs> but, uh, but still, possible. You can imagine what might happen to you if you got someone like that. For most people, someone like that would destroy their confidence. I mean, here you are at Effortless English trying to rebuild your confidence after years in school. The last thing you want is a conversation partner who makes you feel embarrassed or stupid or foolish. More likely would be somebody who just doesn't care very much. Maybe they have kind of low energy yeah, they they talk to you but they don't make much effort. They don't inspire you very much. They don't give you much motivation. They don't encourage you very much. Just kind of eh so-so. That's the normal thing. And it's the same if you were trying to find a conversation partner or a tutor in your own town face to face. Again, most are just kind of so-so. If you actually looked for classes or schools, yeah, the the vast majority unfortunately Mediocre, meaning not good, maybe not terrible, just kind of, eh. You know, if you've ever been to a, an English class or English schools, you know what mediocre means. Eh, so-so. Again, why waste your money on that? You know, you're, you're, in most cases, you're probably going to be paying some kind of money to be chatting with someone or to be attending some kind of class or course so to, 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 to do it with somebody who just gives you no energy, who doesn't motivate you, who doesn't encourage you, doesn't make you feel more excited, more confident about your English, who doesn't seem to care that much, doesn't, and therefore you don't really respect them that much, you're going to get poor results. You're going to have a very poor experience with that kind of tutor or conversation partner or coach or teacher. So what are you looking for? You're looking for that sensei porta kind of person. What are the characteristics? How how can you find out? How do you know if they're that kind of person or not? Well, let me give you a few traits, a few things to look for. Number 1, energy. Energy, enthusiasm. Now, it doesn't mean they have to be crazy like me and and yelling and go That's my style. It's fine, but all people are not, are not like that. Sensei Porto was not like that. As I said, he didn't praise people all the time. I usually praise a lot. Uh, he certainly didn't run around and jump around and, and go crazy like I do. But yet, he still had energy. Right? It was a little bit of a quieter energy, but it was there. He had a kind of a power, an energy. You could feel it. And especially if you meet people in person, even through video like this, on Skype, for example, you can feel it. So if you try a conversation partner online with Skype or something, you feel their energy, right? You talk to them for 10 minutes, 15 minutes to try them. You're going to notice, right? Do they do, do they have energy? Do they have a little bit of power? Is their voice loud or are they talking kind of quiet? You can look at their their posture, right? Since they poured, had straight posture, his shoulders were back, right? His chin was up. He had strong eye contact. That shows energy, mental energy, emotional energy. Notice that when you're choosing a tutor or a partner. Number two, you're looking for dedication and some kind of discipline. In other words, they should care. You want to feel that they really care about what they're doing. If you're paying them any kind of money at all, even $2 an hour... You want someone who cares. How do you how do you notice that? How do you find that out? It can be tricky, right? I mean, everyone will say they care if you ask them directly, but how do you know if they really care? Well, if you're on an online website like Italki, read the profiles. You'll notice the people who don't care they maybe write two sentences. They don't give mu- They don't give you much information. That kind of shows that they don't care that much. It's not that important to them. The people who care more will give you, doesn't mean they have to write a long, long one, but they'll give you more information. They'll tell you more about themselves. They'll tell you how they think they can help you, for example. Be looking for that in a profile. Or if you're meeting someone face-to-face, again, interview them a little bit. Ask them, you know, oh, well, how, you know, do you have other students? What do you do with them? How do you help your students? Just these simple questions will give you an idea of their dedication. The ones that don't care, they'll just kind of be very vague in general. Oh, well, you know, I'll just talk to you and we'll see what happens. You know, they'll be very vague. Again, you'll, you'll be able to feel it if you're noticing. Pay attention. The ones who are committed, they tend to be more a little more organized and they're gonna they'll be able to tell you clearly how they can help. You know, they might say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a lot of energy. In- I'm just gonna chat with you about what you like, but uh, I'm happy to change. you know if you want to talk about business, we can talk about that. If you want to bring topics, then we can talk about your topics. If you prefer, I could bring articles or things or suggested topics. Right they're going to talk to you and try to find out what you want and they're going to try to be helpful to you. That's how you know if they're actually dedicated. Right, we loved Sensei Porta because even though he made us work really hard, we knew that he was trying to help us be the best. He was trying to help us get better, to reach our own goals. I mean, we were all there taking karate for our own reasons. Some of us, you know, wanted To do it for sport some of us uh, were being bullied or had been bullied and we wanted to defend be able to defend ourselves we all had our reasons and so he was there to help us achieve our goals so when he was tough with us we knew it wasn't for his ego it wasn't to make him feel like a tough guy or something we could sense that we could tell he was doing it to help us get stronger And that's why we loved him. He was dedicated to helping us. So, energy and dedication. And I guess the third thing I would look for would would just be a personality match. In other words, their personality, their style fits you. The main thing I look for in personality, I suggest you do too, is that they are respectful that they are respectful of you. They respect you as a person. They respect you as a learner. That means they respect your time. If they show up late, you know, 10, 15 minutes late to your meeting all the time, that's not respecting you very much. If they come and they're not prepared at all, if they're, that's not respecting you. If they come and they're they're hungover because they were out drinking the night before or they're just kind of tired, uh, that's not respecting you. They treat you like you're foolish because you you don't speak English well. That's not respectful either. So look for that as well. So look for those three things whenever you look for a coach, a conversation partner, anybody that you'll be working with. And, you know, this goes beyond English too. If you were going to learn to play the guitar, it would be the same three things I would recommend for a guitar teacher. Same for sports. doesn't matter. All right, let's take a few more Twitter questions and then I'll give you a little news, tell you about what I'm doing, what's happening in Effortless English. I've got a new publication. My book was published in a new version and I'll talk to you about that after Twitter. Back to Twitter. All right. Ah, Okay, this is uh, about uh, an idiom. 92 Bakery asks... Uh, I want to know the meaning of the, of the idiom, sweep her. They're saying, my teacher taught me the idiom, sweep her on her feet. And I want to know the meaning and, and can I say, I will sweep you on your feet. Okay. Um, that's a great little idiom, but it's that phrase right there is, is actually a little bit incorrect. Oh no, error correction. Don't worry relax i just want to make sure you use it correctly so the correct way to say that is actually sweep her off her feet off her feet not on her feet and uh when you sweep we usually use this for women when you say you sweep a woman off her feet it means you're super romantic it means you make her fall in love with you so sweet (laughs) Uh, this may be, you know, in one of my old uh, Hitch lessons I did about a movie lesson about the movie Hitch I actually taught this phrase, sweep her off her feet because it's in the movie, it's in the beginning of the movie so if a man sweeps her off her feet he sweeps her off her feet, what does he do? It means he does something super romantic and it makes her feel love for him So can you use it in the future? I will sweep her off her feet. I will sweep you off your feet. Definitely you can use it for the future. So this might be something, if you're really a confident guy, you could go up to a girl and say, I will sweep you off your feet. Now, after you say that, do something romantic. Follow it up. Don't just say it and then don't do anything. She'll be expecting something amazing if you say that. I will sweep you off your feet. So maybe not that moment, but sometime during that week, do something cool, do something romantic. I don't know, buy her a bunch of roses, or do something even more creative. But it's usually it's a cre- it's a kind of a creative romantic gesture, a cre- creative romantic action. That's how you sweep a girl off her feet. Usually. Now, if you're really good uh, with words, some guys can sweep a woman off her feet. Simply by using romantic words. So, good luck with that, ninety-two Bakery. Uh, come back to us and, and tell us on Twitter if it worked. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's see. Uh, a few people just saying, "Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for your teaching." Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, there's this great thing that happens with with teachers like Sensei Porta. These these wonderful teachers and their students. I saw it at that young age when I was 13 years old, and I now see it in Effortless English in my own life. And that is this. When the teacher is, or even tries to be, inspiring and caring and respectful, they attract students who are similar, who are also inspiring who are wonderful, who are helpful, who are respectful, who are just great people. Sensei Porta's school was filled with those kind of people. I mean, it's one, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Learning karate, if we want to pronounce it in the Japanese way, karate, uh, with Sensei Porta. Not only was he a great man, his senior students, you know, his kind of assistant instructors were also just amazing people and everybody in that school all the other students the adult students and the young students the kids i don't know it's, it's because he attracted those kind of people and then those kind of people all working together i know inspired him i know he enjoyed and loved teaching because he had those wonderful students and it's the same way i feel you know i i try to be inspiring i, I try to do my best I, I certainly try to be uh, respectful and I certainly care about you. And I've noticed that our members, our Effortless English members are also wonderful and caring and positive. And because you're so wonderful and caring and positive and you you, you say these wonderful things to me on Twitter and and when I meet you face to face and in VIP webinars, it, it gives me that amazing feeling of inspiration too. You inspire me. You give me meaning. You energize me. And then, of course, I take that energy and try to give it back to you. And so you give it to me. I give it to you. It wouldn't work if it was just one way. If it was just me trying to do it all the time, I would get burned out. I couldn't keep going. And if it was you, just you saying this stuff to me, you probably get sick of it too. But... You say it to me, I say it to you. Back and forth, we're giving each other this amazing positive energy. We're inspiring each other. That's why it's a community. It's not just me. It doesn't work if it's just me. It doesn't work if it's just you. It works because it's all of us doing this with each other, inspiring each other. So thank you. One more Twitter question and then on to the effortless English news. Okay, let's see. Um, if any of you, sorry, I'm uh, looking for one specific one here. Okay. Um, so th- this is a—it's just a general question, but it's, it's again—it's a common one. It's a common worry that people have. And this is so. This is the one I was looking for, and I don't know how to pronounce this uh, Vietnamese name. So Nhu Nhu Bo One. But uh, he says, AJ, you know, I've been listening uh, for many months, but I feel like I still am not able to speak completely fluently. Please give me your advice. Now, the numbers uh, that I get in these kind of questions change. You know, I've been listening for three months. I've been listening for six months. I've been listening for nine months. I've been listening for four months. You know, so I get this kind of question very frequently. People get worried. I understand, you know, the same thing happens in my own Spanish learning. You know, every now and then I kind of freak out and I get worried. Oh, my God, I've been doing this for four months. You know, or I've been, I've been listening intensely for two months and uh, I, I'm still not fluent and uh, I don't know. You know, it's normal. I, I freak out about it, too. We all do, right? I think the reason we do is because, well, first of all, we have a, a vision of perfection in our mind. When we say fluent, many times what we really mean is perfection, perfect. I don't speak English perfectly yet, right? It's never good enough. Guess what? You never will speak it perfectly because I don't speak it perfectly. In fact, just in this show, what? At the beginning of the show, right? I was struggling to say the word should, right? I messed up the pronunciation a few times. I'm a native speaker (laughs) speaking English for, I don't know, 45 years, I speak professionally. People pay me to come and speak. And I had trouble pronouncing the word should. So guess what? You're also going to have problems. (laughs) It's it's with you for life. Relax about it. So that's my first bit of advice for this. The second piece of advice is that if you really have been listening intently, let's let's say six months, and six months is a nice general guideline. You've been listening intensely for six months, but you feel like you're not really getting much progress with your speaking. That is a sign that you might need to change something. Around six months. Six to nine months, I would say. So this this particular person uh, said nine months. So that is a sign. Nine months of of listening and using the system and, and feels like Well, not speaking fluently. I don't know what fluently means to this person, so it it depends. But let's just say you feel like you're not making a lot of progress. That's a problem. You should be. After six months, you should notice some very significant progress. You should notice some big improvements in your listening and your speaking, both. Not perfection, but you should notice some big improvements. After nine, ten, twelve months, you should really notice some very big improvements. So... If not, then you're probably not quite doing things quite right. So let me give you a few suggestions to improve things. One of the common problems I see in this situation is that there's not enough deep learning. That the person is trying to go too fast. They're trying to rush through the lessons because they feel like, Oh, these, these early lessons are too easy for me. So I want to get to the more advanced lessons. So maybe they only spend four, five, six days on the beginning lessons and rush and go to the next one and the next one and the next one. They're not learning deeply. They think that they need advanced vocabulary to achieve fluency. That's not correct. Quite the opposite. What you need is tons, I mean, lots and lots of repetition, especially of the easy stuff, the most common. What is easy anyway? Easy just means most common. That's all. I mean, you know, one word is really not easier than another might be one word might be a little more difficult to pronounce if it's longer or has some strange sounds. But but in terms of just fluency and uh, one word is not more difficult than another. It's just how much you hear it. The reason one word starts feeling much easier is because you're hearing it more. You're getting more repetition. It's a more common word. People use it more frequently. And the reason another word might feel more difficult is because you don't hear it as much because it's less common. So for fluency, just for speaking, not understanding, just speaking, you don't need those uncommon words very much. You need to totally master the common words. Totally mastering those common words, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 words of English, something like that. Totally mastering them will give you fantastic fluency. But to get that, you have to repeat them hundreds or thousands of times. So that means go more slowly. Repeat more. Even if a lesson seems super easy to you, repeat it at least seven times. And as I said, our best members usually repeat 14 days or more. Now it doesn't mean that's all you can also be reading books and audiobooks, and you can do other stuff too. But every day, at least, repeat that lesson again and again and again, 14 times or more. So, if you're not noticing the progress you want in your speaking, repeat more and listen to easier stuff, not more difficult stuff. Right? That's the key. If your speaking's not improving, you want to go back. You want to go to easier listening, not more difficult. I know a lot of people think they they need to do the opposite. My speaking's not improving, so I need to listen to more difficult stuff. No, no, no. That's the wrong direction to go. If your speaking's not getting better, easier. Go back. Take a step back, take two steps back to easier material, easier audios. So easier audios and repeat them more often. That is what will help your speaking. And finally, as a third little thing that you could do, you could do maybe 10, 15 minutes of pronunciation practice each day, which I've discussed in other shows, and I will again in the future. So that's the other thing you could also do. But the most important things, easy listening, easier, 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 and more repetition. So more repetition, easier listening, a little bit of pronunciation practice. That's it. That's what you do if you feel like your progress isn't improving in speaking all right effortless English news time what's going on in the world of effortless English and learn real English and all that well first of all I mentioned that I have a new publication it's actually my my same book effortless English but we have a new translation of the book a new version in a new language the Spanish version so if you understand me right now speaking you don't need the Spanish version if you're a Spanish speaker right read the English version get the English audiobook version however you might have friends you might have family who are at a lower level that's why I'm doing the translations so that people who are at a lower level of English can learn about the system so if you're a Spanish speaker and you have friends or family that you think would benefit from the effortless English method but they're a little bit lower level so, they can't really read my book in English or they don't want to, they're scared to. Then, suggest the Spanish version of the book, which is just Inglés sin esfuerzo. Inglés sin esfuerzo. English without effort is what that translates to. Inglés sin esfuerzo. where can you find it? On Amazon. So, you can find it on the any of the Amazon sites, actually. So, including Amazon. What is it? es it's the Spanish Amazon. The Spanish Amazon has it, the Mexico Amazon has it, and the American and Canadian Amazon sites also have the Spanish version of the book. So, I recommend that for lower level Spanish speakers. More translations of the book are coming. So, right now we have the trans- the book translated in Vietnamese. You can buy that at a on a Vietnamese bookseller website or at a Vietnamese bookstore in Vietnam. MC Books, they are the publishers of the Vietnamese version. Now we have the Spanish version, Inglés sin esfuerzo*, which you can get on Amazon.com, any of the Amazon sites. The next two translations that are coming will be Japanese and Italian. Those versions hopefully ready sometime by the end of the summer, maybe the end of the year. I don't know. More translated versions coming soon the next big piece of news personal news from me is that I am traveling this is the last show from Japan for a while until the end of the summer so I'm going to San Francisco next flying out to San Francisco so our next effortless English show will be from San Francisco And, in fact, I'll be in San Francisco for a month or so. Then we'll be going to Spain. During the month of May, kind of middle, end of April through May, there will be no effortless English shows. Why? Because I'll be hiking, I'll be walking the Camino de Santiago. It's a long hiking path in northern Spain. I'll be doing that with Joe Weiss of Learn Real English. But I'll have some cool pictures to share after that amazing trip, so... When I pick back up with the shows in June, I'll do at least one show about the Camino and the Camino experience. But we have a few more shows before that happens. So the next show in a week or two will be from San Francisco, California, USA. And that's all. As usual, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com to learn more about my courses or my book. See you next time. Have a great day. Bye for now.